How do you do? Actions have consequences, as the man in this story discovered. He survived the brutal training of the United States Navy SEALs, then nearly blew his accomplishment away one foolish night. But he learned to use the past as a bridge to help others when his heart and mind and life were unshackled. Gunner Hansen? Yes, sir, Your Honor. You are charged with misdemeanor resisting and evading arrest. How do you plead? Guilty, Your Honor. I see by the record that you just completed Navy SEAL training. Yes, sir. I didn't want to lose everything I worked so hard to accomplish. Next time, stop. Your record is clean, so this court sentences you to pay the stipulated fine. No jail time, no probation. Dad, I've lost my security clearance. Why? A year ago, when I finished training, I got drunk at a party and drove through a stop sign. Then I outran the deputies who tried to arrest me. A year ago? You never told me about that. I thought it was all settled. I went to court and paid a fine. Why is it coming up now? My security clearance is up for renewal. And one of the questions they asked was if I had been in legal trouble since the last security clearance. Can't you appeal? I did, but the appeal was denied. They said my description didn't match the deputy's report. There has to be something you can do, Gunnar. You've worked so hard. Yeah. I won't get to deploy with my platoon. I may never get to serve as a SEAL. Proclaiming the way, the truth, and the life, this is Unshackled. True life stories dramatized and produced in Chicago by Pacific Garden Mission. There is a fountain at Pacific Garden Mission for those who thirst. Homeless people by the hundreds, men, women, and children find shelter there, receiving clean bunks for the night, nutritious meals, fresh clothing, all without charge. Even medical and dental care are given freely to those in need, but it's the fountain of living waters, the fountain of life that offers the chance at transformation. And many partake as pastors and counselors lead them, pointing the way. There is no joy that compares with drinking from that fountain, meeting the one who never changes, the one who is the same yesterday and today and forever. He promises to let the thirsty one drink from the fountain of the water of life freely. Now, for broadcast around the earth, here is program number 3154 in the series, Unshackled, the program that makes you face yourself and think. How did the hearings go? The judge ruled in my favor but his decision had to go through the Office of Navy Security Clearances. And they're not bound by the court's decision. That's right. I lost my clearance. I can reapply in six months. I'm sorry, son. It's my own fault. What a fool I was that night. Acknowledging flaws is the first step in correcting them. But Gunnar Hansen kept secret the events of another foolish night. 
This is his true testimony right now on Unshackled. I had spent most of my life in the San Diego area where surfing was my passion, where I trained with the SEALs and where I'd broken the law. During the time that I lost my security clearance, I shared an apartment in Pacific Beach with two of my SEAL buddies. My best friend told me his older brother lived nearby and that he had become a Christian, so I called and he invited me to church. I refused, but he was persistent. Gunner. Gunner, it's John. I called to invite you to our Tuesday night Bible study again. I told you I gave up on church attendance. Come on, give it a chance. You'll like it, I promise. Free pizza and a nice group of people. Okay, I will go once if you promise to never invite me again. And I'm going to wear shorts, a t-shirt, and flip-flops. It's a deal. Dude, don't worry about your clothes. The pastor used to be a professional surfer, and he'll dress the same way. I wanted to meet a pro surfer, so I went. And surprisingly, I liked the service, especially when I met a couple of seals there. So I started going every week. Then I learned about a Sunday evening service at another church where the pastor had been a pro football player for the NFL. So I began going there, too. The Bible made sense to me during this service like never before. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. But the word that you hear must be mixed with faith. And even the faith to believe comes from God. Even the faith to believe. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So you are saved by grace, and grace is undeserved. You can't earn it. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You see, the only way to heaven is through the cross of Jesus Christ. I noticed that everyone carried a Bible, so I bought one and brought it with me. One night, a SEAL buddy asked, How is your relationship with Christ? Which greatly concerned me. The Sunday night pastor caused me to understand my desperate need for salvation and that I should repent of my sins and ask God to save me. He always invited those who didn't know Christ to pray the sinner's prayer. So I did as I sat among the congregation. Actually, I prayed with him every week for months, unaware that one sincere prayer prayed in faith was enough. 1997 brought big changes. You're good to go security-wise. Yes, at last. The attorney does pro bono work for the SEALs. He even got the charges dropped and expunged from my record. That's great, Gunner. I feel somewhat responsible. I never discouraged your drinking. Well, I've learned my lesson, Dad, that's for sure. I go to Bible study twice a week. Wonderful. I hope that it helps you. I have some news that's not so good. Cheryl and I are getting divorced. I'm sorry to hear that, Dad. She's been a great mother to me. It's been coming for a long time. Are you sure you can't work things out? With God, all things are possible. 
I bought two Bibles, one for Dad and one for my stepmother, and I tried to tell them how Jesus could change their lives. But I wasn't very adept at sharing my faith then. I was learning, though. On my first deployment, God placed another believer in my platoon. That was a miracle. He and I studied the Bible together, memorizing verses and encouraging each other. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I love that verse. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I can't believe how long it's taken me to understand the gospel, that God loved me enough to give himself for me. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. This is a great course. I've memorized so many verses, they're going to pop out of my mouth when I least expect it. Well, that's the idea, Gunner. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Something else I've learned? Don't be ashamed of reading the Bible openly, anywhere. The first time I loaded my weapon for combat, I wondered what I had gotten myself into. God was leading me in a new direction. When I returned to base in Coronado, I resolved to go to a Bible study every night of the week. I wanted to know God's word. That's how I met Anna, the pastor's daughter. We're glad you joined us, Gunner. I almost lost my nerve and didn't come in, Anna. I see you. I don't believe that. I wasn't sure if I'd fit in with a college and career group. The word says we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. I heard your dad talk about that. I love his sermons. He was a missionary in Spain for many years before he moved here. You grew up in Spain? Yes, pretty much in one town. It was a great place to live. I was homeschooled. <laughs> your background sure wasn't like mine. I went to a different school every year until high school. Anna and I became friends. She played the guitar and led the singing at Bible study. I didn't know it then, but she was only 17, had graduated early, and was in college. She was also a receptionist at church, so I spoke with her often, and we hung out together after Bible study in church. By showing an interest in my life, she got me to talk about the past. Your own mother tried to kill you? Maybe she was just playing around. No, it was for real, Anna. When I was five, she tried to smother me with a pillow. My older brother did a flying leap and knocked her off me. Oh, the, the alcohol was surely a big factor. Oh, definitely. She was drinking the day she tried to drown me, too. She was on a raft in the pool and held my head down. In desperation, I finally dove deep to get away. How old were you then? About ten. She used to get drunk, wake us up in the night and throw things, then beat us while she accused us of making the mess. It was a nightmare growing up with her. We were always hungry because she spent all her money on booze. Dad finally got custody of us when I was 11. Gunner, have you forgiven her? I try not to think about her. So many bad memories, fighting to survive. But I can see now it prepared me to be a seal. That's not what I'm talking about. The Bible says, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. I consider my stepmother, Cheryl, to be my real mother. She cared about us, taught us about the world, took us shopping and to charity dinners at the country club. 
I hated it when she and Dad got divorced. Our Lord commands us to forgive and to honor our father and mother. You don't give up, do you? <laughs> no more than you. I'm working on it. Do you ever see your stepmother? No. I'm not even sure where she is. I see why God hates divorce. That was the spring of 2000, and I was still a wobbly believer. In May, a SEAL buddy and I got drunk and flew to Atlanta for a baseball game. However, at the game, I began to realize that this was a wrong that couldn't continue to be practiced. Flying home, my buddy made surly comments as we sat in front of a pastor with a church group. I was so embarrassed, I pretended to sleep. Finally, we landed and disembarked. If I hear the word Jesus one more time, I'm going to cuss those people out. You're starting to offend me now. Why are you so mad at them? Gunner, I believe just like you do. You know, in God and all that. But not in the whole Jesus thing. His words cut me to the core. I had failed to represent the Lord to this friend because I was living too close to the world. In anguish that night, I cried out to God. Oh, God, I can't do this anymore. I'm a failure. I failed you as a Christian. I don't want to drop out. I really want my life to demonstrate that I'm committed to you. I know that the promises in the Bible are true, but I can't do this. I am done unless you help me somehow. Very shortly, we'll hear how Gunner's prayer was answered. Unshackled is broadcast in Korean and Japanese by nationals who translate and dramatize these stories. Pray for this program to be broadcast in Chinese. Here are excerpts of emails and letters from Korea. Someone wrote, At the end of the story, my eyes were filled with tears. My heart was in so much ache and agony. Another Korean writer says, So many stories challenge me and bring me joy and peace. This one writes, My family has faith in Buddhism from generation to generation. I praise God for saving me. I always thank Unshackled. Another writes, After listening to this story, I prayed to God to forgive me. To learn more about this ministry to Asia, write to Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 606 Our email address, unshackled at pgm.org. After I sincerely cried out to God, my life changed radically. The Lord helped me to forsake drinking altogether and to practice what is commanded and demonstrated in the Bible. I was training for war, but Anne and I spent time together almost daily. Being eight years senior to her, I didn't think about a romantic involvement. She was just a great friend. As I deployed to the Middle East in December 2000, Dad drove me to the airport. Well, you've had the best training in the world, Gunner. Yes, but I'd hate to go into combat of any kind without the Lord. The battle belongs to him. I imagine your opponents feel the same way. But only Christ has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So if I don't come back... I'm in his hands. You'll come back because everything is in his hands. I like the verse in Isaiah chapter 41 where God says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. 
Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. A Bible-quoting seal. Who would have thought you could achieve the many things that have happened with you? Yeah, especially with my background. But there's more than one Bible-quoting seal. Well, here we are, son. Be safe. I love you, Dad. I appreciate all you've done for me. You're at the airport, Gunner? Yes. My dad drove me here. Well, at least you had a chance to talk with him. I even had the courage to tell him that I love him. You're not lacking in courage, Gunner. He and I have never talked sincere like that before. The Lord is softening your heart. Yes. I'll miss talking with you. I'll miss you too, Anna. There's no other believer in my platoon, so I'll have to rely on God for companionship and for wisdom and guidance. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I will. I know that spiritual warfare is as real as physical warfare. Little did I know about the spiritual warfare that lay ahead. I was in love with Anna, but my mind set up blocks because of our age difference. I worked on a Bible correspondence course while off-duty in the Middle East. We were allowed to call our command post in Coronado, and they patched us through to local phones. So Anna and I talked almost every night. Sounds like you're really digging into that course. I'm amazed at the love that God has given to me for his word. What Jeremiah wrote is really true. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord, God of hosts. God is so good. Adam ate the fruit in disobedience and tasted death. We eat his word in obedience and taste abundant life. I think the Lord is calling me to serve him full time. But what can I do? I'm so unworthy. The Son of God died for you and made you worthy, Gunner. I know you're right, Anna, but still, I'm not qualified. Oh, you can serve God anywhere and everywhere. The Lord will show you. It seemed as if that deployment would never end. Midway through our time there, world events escalated and we flew to Kuwait to conduct operations against oil smugglers from Iraq. My calls to Anna had to cease. Finally, our unit returned home in June 2001. Anna and I spent time together ministering to poor children in Mexico, and I volunteered at church as much as I could. Hi, Anna. Oh, Gunner, how was your job today? Great. I ran past a retirement home and thought about leading a Bible study there. I must be going crazy. That sounds wonderful to me. I, I do want to serve God and, and lead a Bible study, but this is crazy. No, it isn't. I love senior citizens. I think it's a great idea. I'll help you. Along with some friends, Anna and I started teaching a Bible study in that retirement home. The first day, a 96-year-old woman came out pushing a walker. She told me that she had been praying for three years that someone would teach a Bible study there. I wanted to marry Anna, but was afraid her parents wouldn't approve. They finally sat us down one night. We want to talk with you two about the future. Yes, sir. Gunner, we're concerned about all the time you spend with Anna. She's my best friend in the whole world. Yeah, I figure that as much time as you spend together. 
We mostly talk about the Bible and our love for the Lord. Well, that's good, but uh, we're concerned that she's giving too much of her heart to you. I would never hurt her. Okay, then where is this relationship going? Gunner means a lot to me. I don't want our friendship to end, that's for sure. But our backgrounds are so different, and I'm so much older. Okay, listen, why don't you both take some time to pray about this, huh? We took a weekend to pray and then talked around the issue. Was she crazy enough to say yes, despite our age difference? She said yes. Twice I asked her dad, just to be sure. Right after we were married, I started Bible college and seminary in San Diego, earning a bachelor degree and a master of divinity. I separated from the Navy, and my father-in-law mentored me as we planted a church in La Mesa in 2004. I was the assistant pastor. Our first daughter was born in 2006. Hello? Hey, Dad. How's it going? Great. How about you, son? I called to see if you have Cheryl's phone number. I'd like her to meet our daughter. I don't have it, uh, but my attorney can get it for you. Thanks. You don't mind if I contact her, do you? She was a great mother to me. Do you ever hear from your real mother? Well, I write her now and then. I called her once with hopes of visiting her, but she was drunk. She babbled for three hours. I never understood your mom. I pray for her. God is the only one who can really help her. I found my stepmother, and she became a grandmother to our daughter. I was ordained in 2006 and began working on my doctoral degree. Then strife came between Anna and me. I'm glad you're reading that book, Gunner. We've argued too much lately. Every married couple argued sometimes. Yes, but I sense tension between us, something we never had. It's our emotions, because I'm taking the pastorate at a different church. We've been in the ministry with your family for so long, the adjustment will take time. If it's God's will, my parents will come to terms with our decision to move away. Is the book helping? Yes, but I can't answer the questions in the workbook honestly without telling you something. Well, you've never kept anything from me. Yes, I have. In our early relationship, I didn't think about sharing it with you, but as our relationship grew, I feared that you wouldn't want to marry me. As time passed, I felt that it was too late to bring it up. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed. Neither hid that shall not be known, the Bible says. Anna, this is very serious. When have I ever disparaged what you've told me? This is different. You robbed a bank? No. Did you get someone pregnant? Yes, but it ended in abortion. What? When did this happen, and with whom? More than ten years ago. What happened? I had come home on a pass, and my friend threw a party. A girl I knew casually was there, and our encounter led to her pregnancy. I told her I'd support whatever she decided, but when she was five months along, she got an abortion and called me when it was over. Do you know what it was? A boy. I thought I knew everything about you, Gunner. Now you do. Can I really trust you now? Anna struggled with trusting me for months, but finally realized that our marriage covenant covers these things and that our trust must be in God. The next year, I flew to Kansas City for a doctoral seminar. There I heard a lecture on abortion that convicted me so much, I didn't speak at the seminar. You didn't speak at all? I couldn't, honey. I felt like a hypocrite after his lecture. Well, what was the lecture about? Bioethical reform. 
He urged us to get into the fight against abortion. How can I after what I've done? That's the devil's lie, Gunner. God says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Anna, you grew up in ideal circumstances. You don't have my background of abuse and neglect, a mother who drank and did crazy things. And a father who loved you enough to fight for you. How would it look for a pastor to admit to a past that includes abortion? You weren't a pastor then. You weren't even saved. Will the congregation forgive me? Think what the exposure could mean, honey. It's already hard, Gunner. But think about what abortion does to those innocent little babies. They don't have a chance. He quoted Proverbs chapter 24, verse 11, about delivering those that are drawn unto death and those that are ready to be slain. God says, if thou forbear to deliver them, if thou sayest, behold, we knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth not he know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? I remained in a quandary about abortion. Our little church had 14 senior citizens when we accepted the call, but grew steadily after we moved to Valley Center in August. The fall of 2007, I read a book challenging pastors to stand against the abortion issue for the souls of the mothers and the children. What does the book say, Gunner? People don't realize that the Bible says, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Then in Micah, chapter 6, verse 7, it says, Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? You have to train the church what the Bible teaches related to abortion. We have to protect these children, even if you have to talk about something that's very painful to me. I'll preach on the sanctity of human life. God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. To think that God said, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. I preached my first sermon on the sanctity of human life in January 2008 and every year since then. Now I'm on the board of directors of a pro-life medical clinic, and that's the subject of my dissertation. I also serve as chaplain with local law enforcement agencies. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. New life is for you, listening friend. If you have never put your trust in Christ Jesus as your personal Savior, there's no better time than right now. No special words either. God looks on the heart. The Bible says in Psalm 34, verse 18, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. God says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and shew thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. If you need help in making this crucial decision, get in touch with Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. The telephone number in Chicago, 312-492-9410. Our email address, unshackled at pgm.org. Visit our website to learn more about this ministry, unshackled.org. Thank you.
This is program number 3154. Unshackled is produced by Pacific Garden Mission to show through true stories that if your life is empty, it can be filled to overflowing. We love hearing from you, so please write today. The address, Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. You may call Pacific Garden Mission in Chicago and talk with someone who cares. 312-492-9410. Someone is waiting for your call. 312-492-9410.